Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Bicom podcast. This is Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, and I can think of no better Israeli expert to discuss the surprise announcement of normalization with the United Arab, Arab Emirates than Kobe Huberman. Kobe, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you. Good morning, and I'm delighted to be with you. So for those that, that aren't familiar, Kobe is the co-founder and leader of the Israel Regional Initiative, um, developing um, a series of, of covert relations with the Arab world over the last few years. And, and so I really want to kind of dive into yesterday, yesterday's announcement uh, and explore that with you. Um, if we could start, um, how significant do you think the shared threat of Iran um, is, the, is the basis of this announcement? Okay, uh, good morning. Well, first of all, um, we are looking at the geostrategic theater and the Middle East and with a, with a perspective of like more than, I would say more than a decade already, where Iranian ambitions are manifesting themselves, not only vis-a-vis -vis Israel through the nuclear program, but also through some ground-based involvement in Lebanon, Syria, um, the Gulf, Yemen, and other places in the Middle East. It's a much bigger program from the Iranian perspective that actually impacts not just Israel, but other countries like um, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Egypt, um, um, of course, Yemen, uh, and others. So we are looking at a changing map where some of the old um, animosities or um, you know, conflicts between Israel and some of the Arab states are marginalized vis-a-vis -vis the shared threats from Iran. To that, may I add, another looming strategic threat, and that is the Turkish ambition uh, led by Erdogan. And in fact, those are the two major forces that are threatening, in a way, both Israel and some of its Arab neighbors. That's the backdrop. That's, that's the background for everything that we are seeing in the past decade or so. Um, thank you for that. On the, in terms of the specific relationship between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, could you give us a brief background of what those covert ties uh, have looked like over the last few years? Perhaps things you can tell us today that you couldn't have, you couldn't have said a week ago? Well, I'm not going to say anything that I uh, couldn't have said a week ago, um, but it suffice to say that according to many publications, the ties have been developing around common threats through security and um, military cooperation in a way, through shared commercial interests and shared diplomatic interests. Those have developed over a long period of time and have been tremendously uh, you know, important to both parties and to other parties as well, by the way. But the beauty of those developments is that they are kept beneath the surface. Mm. What we have seen yesterday is a clear indication that those shared interests and those shared potential opportunities for cooperation have a stronger strategic value 
than the risk of announcing it. And this is why we begin to see the fact that um, the UAE is actually stating that its own interest, given where the Middle East is going, and accelerated by the coronavirus and the economic crisis, the UAE is actually declaring that its own interests are more important than any other party's interests, such as the Palestinians. Yet it is interesting to see that even in the context of bilateral discussions between Israel and the UAE, the Palestinian issue is on the table. In fact, had it not been for the annexation threat, I don't think that we would have seen such emerging um, announcement coming this summer. And in a way, um, which I think it is reminiscent of the approach taken by the late uh, Anwar Sadat, who catered for the strategic interests of Egypt when going to Jerusalem, but he didn't forget the Palestinian issue as well. All in all, I think that what we begin to see is the realization of some of the Arab leaders led by Mohammed bin Zed, that the interests of their own people and their countries and the need to stabilize and secure the region against external threats are more important than just the Palestinian cause. Um, this is, uh, we understand kind of that's, thank you for kind of talking through the, uh, the motivation and logic of the, of the leadership. Do you think this is shared by the, uh, by the public within the, uh, the, the UAE? Um, are we likely to see more than just the, the cold peace that developed with, uh, between Israel and Jordan and Egypt and actually flourished to, uh, to commercial ties? Okay, first of all, I must tell you that we live in a, in a very different world compared to um, 79 or uh, 94, uh, when uh, the respective um, agreements were signed with Egypt um, and, uh, and, uh, and Jordan. This is a world where people are connected over the Facebook and other social networks. This is a world where people are getting used to meet each other in track to or other conferences. I have seen over the past few years more people than the UAE than ever before. Um, I think that talking about the public opinion is too early, but I would urge everyone not to judge the current situation, the current conditions, and definitely not to you know, anticipate the, the, the future relationship based on very old models that belong to very different generations. We have a different situation. There's a new generation. There's a new mindset in the UAE. And I cannot compare it to either Egypt or Jordan, each on a very different path, each on a very different situation. And I think we need to shy away from the cold peace versus warm peace and all this jargon, and just look at the shared interest, the potential opportunities for commercial cooperation, scientific cooperation, um, geostrategic cooperation, etc. And those elements are there uh, in, in uh, significant numbers, 
And I believe that public opinion would follow, but I cannot anticipate this, and I'm not willing to judge it based on what I've seen in Egypt or Jordan. Very interesting. Thank you. I mean, and uh, I mean, you mentioned kind of a range of ties. Do you think it's also possible that uh, we could see uh, um, tourism, uh, shared tourism between the two countries? There was even talk on the Israeli media last night of uh, of Abu Dhabi becoming a hub for the Arab world to to uh, to visit Israel, and and Israel would give a, give all the visiting Muslims access to the uh, to Al Aqsa Mosque. What do you what do you make of that? Okay, first of all, I think that the choice of the word hub is extremely appropriate. UAE, in its own mind, sees itself as a hub like Singapore or a commercial and industrial hub uh, connecting Asia, Arabia, and the Middle East. So definitely, it is a country that could become a hub I would say first for commercial cooperation, joint investments, business ties, and only later in my imagination, we can anticipate tourists and flights going to Al-Aqsa, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I think that the hub concept is extremely appropriate to describe what is the tremendously important benefit for both sides. And I believe that through a commercial hub, we would see much more progress first and foremost beyond and before we see the um, religious tourism, so to speak. Fair enough. Um, you mentioned before that kind of the, the UAE are acting in their own interests, um, but not forgetting the Palestinians. How do you think this development could encourage Palestinians to re-engage with the peace process, or does this marginalize them further? Well, I think if anyone marginalizes the Palestinians further, unfortunately, it is the current Palestinian leadership. It is not any external force. I think that the Palestinians have made a strategic mistake by choosing not to engage with the Trump administration in uh, mid-2017 and onward. I think they made all the possible mistakes in that respect, and they continue to make those mistakes because they could have won and gained much more had they been more open-minded and more engaged in the process. With specific comments to the UAE, may I remind all of us that uh, Ambassador Yusuf Futaiba, the UAE ambassador to, um, to the United States, actually, um, was present on January 28th earlier this year when President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu announced the Trump peace plan. He was mm. in the room. The UAE was very conducive and very supportive of a true regional package deal based on the spirit of the Arab Peace Initiative where the two-state solution becomes the core of the solution, but it is surrounded with regional cooperation and implementation of the promised normalization that was embedded in the spirit of the Arab Peace Initiative. In the past three years, the UAE has been the most vocal and active country behind the scene to facilitate and push the region and the Palestinians towards that. Not only that, they were uh, even ready to offer preliminary pre-normalization 
steps that could facilitate the negotiations or could encourage the parties to become engaged in the diplomatic process and hopefully reach an agreement. So I think um, on, on pure mechanistic way, the UAE has been extremely, um, um, I would say, proactive in trying to push things. But with respect to the Palestinian issues, there's another element. And the element is the trust in the current Palestinian leadership. There is a growing belief that the current leadership under uh, President Abbas is not willing to engage in any serious negotiations anymore. And um, President Abbas perhaps wants to leave it to the next generation to make the tough decisions required in order to reach a two-state solution and to give up some of the major Palestinian uh, um, uh, aspirations. Now, here is where the UAE and the Palestinian Authority and President Abbas actually colliding again because the UAE is the home of Muhammad Dakhlan, who is a contender and definitely a rival of President Abbas. And um, they do have a clear position on who and how the future Palestinian leadership should look like. And so I hope you can see both elements in their attitude towards the Palestinian issues. Have they given up on the Palestinian requirement for the two-state solution? Not at all. Have they seen an opportunity to prevent deterioration and prevent the annexation? Of course they saw it. And this is why they took such a brave step forward. Fascinating. Thank you very much for that. Um, on the on the U.S. role, um, I presume both Israel and the and the UAE have a kind of a vested interest in keeping the U.S. Uh, um, engaged in the region. Um, how do you assess the the U.S. Uh, commitment to this? For me, the uh, interest of Israel and the UAE are converging when it comes to the U.S. in yeah. the um, desire to see a stable and secure Middle East, a Middle East where the spoilers, mainly Iran and its proxies are checked, and a region that emerges as a major economic opportunity in order to cater for the needs of the future generations. I think this is the area where the personal visions of Mohammed bin Zed, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Donald Trump converge they see the world with uh, the same, uh, if you like, the same perspective. I, I don't know what would be the future of the U.S. involvement in the region, but definitely if the U.S. is willing to step out of the region, it does it with a major, major achievement in this particular agreement between the UAE and, the, and, and Israel. I also need to point that the U.S. involvement in the region is, I would say, rather complex because it does have interests that are significant, significantly important to the United States, but those are vested in different countries that are not at peace or with good, in good relationship with each other because the U.S. is invested in Turkey, 
in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Libya, and others, and of course Israel. So um, we need to see what would be the impact of the U.S. withdrawal from the region. And I believe that in general, we will see the U.S. less involved, but still very interested. Is there, is, is there any um, Islamist opposition within the UAE to, to such moves? Can they, can, can they, can they expect any, any, any domestic uh, uh, pushback on this? I'm not aware of that, but the UAE is a place where you have um, diversified uh, populations. Uh, it's, it's a place where, you know, there's a Jewish uh, community with mm. a synagogue. So, um, you know, that was one of the major signals that was extremely encouraging for me to see how they treat Jewish heritage and how they respect the interfaith dialogue. Uh, this was heartwarming. So um, are there any potential Islamist uh, elements? I believe in every Arab country you may find them. I, I definitely believe that the current regime, um, the Bin Zaid family, is very well rooted, very strong, and very capable of curbing any potential extremism on its own territory. So I think there's less risk here than what might be the risk in other countries had they taken a similar step. Mm. Well, this is my, my, my last question would be, you know, there have been already media speculation. I think uh, Jared Kushner himself uh, alluded to it, that there could be other countries that will follow a similar path. Uh, Bahrain, Oman, Sudan even has been, has been mentioned. Uh, what do you make of that speculation? And uh, who's next, do you think? First of all, I have very, very high degree of confidence that there will be next players, next, next in, the, in line to join forces and to become part of the anti-extremism axis in the Middle East. If you look, if you just look at who's threatened by Iran and Turkey, uh, Iranian and Turkish uh, aspirations and actions, you can immediately create a group of countries that would be interested. You mentioned Bahrain and Oman and Sudan, but you didn't mention Saudi Arabia because we know, as always, that they may be the last to join, mm. but definitely they are the first to support others who will join. Uh, and I... I believe, if I need to speculate, that the next in line is Bahrain. I believe in Sudan. I also believe in potentially um, uh, warm up, warming up relationships with uh, Morocco. Um, I don't know about Oman. Oman has already been in that situation as well. But mm. I hope others, others will join. Um, I believe that this will manifest uh, what we in the Israeli Regional Initiative were hoping for and actually pushing and promoting more than a decade ago, and that is that we can no longer look at the Israeli-Palestinian issue as an isolated matter. And in, if we want to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, we need to look at the wider Israeli-Arab conflict, 
We need to engage regional players. We need to look at regional interests and concerns. But more importantly, we need to look at regional opportunities following diplomatic progress between Israel, some of the Arab states, and the Palestinians eventually. So I'm extremely happy to see what has happened. Uh, but for me, this is just a first step in what I would hope would be a, the first building block towards a much larger structure that eventually will make sure that Israel is safe and secure and well-respected and accepted as a major player in the region. For the Zionist movement, no other um, manifestation could be uh, an indication of, uh, of its victory for over more than 120 years of, um, of ongoing conflict since the Zionist movement has started bringing people to our safe homeland here in Israel. So from a historic perspective, this is yet another sign that the, the Zionistic project is successful and that the possibility of building a safe and secure Israeli, if you like, um, a mini power in the, in, in, in the region, the stakes for this have risen significantly. And that is why I'm extremely happy to see this, not just in the limited context of what we have been able to achieve with the UAE, but as a further sign of our growth and our potential prospects in the Middle East uh, for years to come. Fantastic. Um, Toby, we, uh, we, we, we share this vision and it's amazing that you were the, the visionary, as you say, over a decade ago to kind of to, to, to plant this idea and to, and to articulate it so well. Um, and so we can only wish you every success and look forward to, to discussing this with you again as we have more, more developments on this subject. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.